Hello, and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. We believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. I'm your host, Jeff Ma. I'm a director at Softway, an agency based out of Houston, Texas, that specializes in digital transformation, culture, and branding. Each episode, we dive into one element of business or strategy and test our theory of love against it. And today, we're talking about feedback, an eight-letter word that can sometimes feel like a four-letter word. And it's something that everybody needs, but not everybody wants to hear all the time. So this is a hot topic at Softway, and I wanted to assemble a special group to talk about it with me today. And so with me, I have Frank. Frank, hello. Hey, Jeff. Usual suspect. And we also have the one and only Maggie, our executive producer is what we like to call her. And we've invited her back to talk. Maggie, hello. Hello. Glad to be back. And we have a a first time guest, someone very special to all of us, Miss Lydia. Hello, Lydia. Hey, y'all. And, and Maggie and Lydia are project managers here at Softway and two of the best. And we wanted to incorporate this project management perspective here today um, and remove the bosses, if you will. We've gotten rid of we've gotten rid of Mo and Chris, and we want to talk about them behind their back. So that's really what this episode is going to be about. I'm kidding. Uh, before, <laughs> before we begin, uh, I want to do some icebreakers as usual. And so, uh, Frank, let's start with you. I'm pulling up the icebreakers. This is great. Pass. <laughs> Describe the worst haircut you've ever had. The worst haircut I've ever had was when I was 12 years old. And Astro World was still a thing here in Houston. Mm -hmm. My dad said that he would buy me a season pass to Astro World. He would get me a season pass to Astro World if he could shave my head. Like he's like, I will get you. I will, yeah, I will buy you a season pass if you have a shaved head. You have to shave your head in order to get it. And I said, Sounds like a fair deal. And so he, shaved my head in the backyard and i had for that summer the worst possible haircut because it was it was splotchy and it like wasn't pro at all but i was Why? at World a lot that summer so that was fantastic nice. Why, Why did, did he want, want it? yeah i have absolutely no idea i think that he just wanted to dare me to do something wild just to see if i would do it and i ended up doing it but it was a terrible haircut <laughs> interesting um parenting strategy but it you turned out great so i guess it worked thanks jeff love you so much you're welcome uh maggie on to you describe your most questionable fashion choice ever <laughs> well so i was born in the mid 90s so i grew up in the early 2000s like middle school aged um and so that was, a, that was a rough time, your awkward phase in the early 2000s, like coming together at the same time. Um, so I remember specifically uh, in middle school, Crocs were popular and also Gauchos mm. were popular. If you don't know what mm. Gauchos are, they're basically flowy capri pants. Mm. They're wonderful. And I remember, I remember picking this outfit out and thinking, dang, this is fire. It was Gaucho pants, black Gaucho pants, 
with lime green Crocs. And then on top, it was um, a white camisole, of course, with a camo shrug. If you don't know what a shrug is, it's like a sweater that's cut off like mid mid drift, I guess. And you're supposed to wear a shirt under it, obviously, because it's just a little shrug. And I just, I remember walking onto the bus in the morning and being like, everybody's looking at me because I look so cool right now. <laughs> and now I, I wish my friends had said something. <laughs> you, you wish you'd, you'd wish you'd gotten that feedback. Mm. <laughs> mm. I Jeff, do. Good job. I really Topical. Do. Topical. Well, I learned a lot in that icebreaker about <laughs> fashion and, you know, a new definition for shrug for sure. Okay, cool. This was probably like 2006. So prime, prime fashion year. Oh yeah. No, mm. very good. Well, Lydia, your question is very different. And this is, these are feed, these are all feedback themed just in case you hadn't noticed. Um, <laughs> if someone had to tell you that you have a booger hanging out of your nose, who in your life would you want to deliver that news? Who would you trust with that feedback? I'm going to be really honest. I don't care who it is. Whoever's the closest in proximity, right? Like if I have something hanging out of my face, I hope the first person to see it's going to tell me. It's a true friend. Well, that's perfect because you do actually have a book. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for thank you, guys. Jeff. You're welcome. So... I'm really excited again to be joined by Maggie and Lydia because, you know, mostly, first of all, because they're some of my favorite humans in the world, and I mean that, but also because they're excellent project managers. And to me, project managers are just constantly surrounded by feedback, whether it's feedback that, you know, you have to give to team members or feedback that you're getting from others like clients and stakeholders. I feel like, especially at Software, our project managers are like the best people to talk to if you're trying to unpack feedback. And so, you know, I really wanted this episode to be really centric around what you guys, your guys' uh, perspective and kind of helping us unpack what love's got to do with any of this, right? So to kick us off, Lydia, you're our guest. Um, I wanted to start with some stories. I think feedback to me always has stories associated with it. Feedback is just a thing. Um, Lydia, do you have, just to kick us off, any stories around when you think of feedback, you know, what is a story that stands out to you? Yeah, actually, Jeff, I think the most memorable story around feedback for me and the one that I took the most learnings away from was with you specifically. Oh. Oh, so as you all know, when I started at Softway, I did not have a background in project management. It was new to me. And when I started, you guys, Frank was with you. You guys were off traveling the world, facilitating the incredible Seneca experience to so many people. And the rest of us were back home cheering you on from afar. Um, still working on projects as you guys were also doing while traveling. Um, but I, for whatever reason, you seem to trust me. And um, I felt like at the time that I did not have the tools that I needed to be successful. And I had this thing building up inside of me of, I don't know what I'm doing. My, the person that's supposed to be training and teaching me is traveling around the globe. And even if I reach out to him, he's sound asleep or getting ready to facilitate, you know, a Seneca experience. And so I did what I think can be easier to do, which is I sucked it up for a while. And I was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. 
But in reality, what was happening is internally, I was becoming increasingly frustrating, frustrated, and there were likely some bad behaviors that came from that. And I remember just getting to um, a point, I was actually going on vacation. I had a few days that I had planned to take off. And right before that, I was like, I'm going to wait until the day before I leave for vacation so that I can give Jeff this feedback. I'm going to send him an email. And if there's some kind of response, I'll be on vacation. So I then get a few days before I have to respond to however he reacts. Because I realized so much of the culture of feedback at Softway has helped me realize that I have an expectation of a negative response or punishment. And Softway team members continue to prove to me that's not how you know it it goes but that was something from previous experiences i expected so i wrote this email to jeff i think i rewrote it probably four or five times and i it's a mem- i've just blacked it out because i was so worried about it and um sent an email and was like i don't feel like i have what i need i think i'm failing miserable and i don't even remember your response but from that we have a great relationship now where we're able to be very open and honest, which has been good. And it kind of threw me for a loop because your response was so welcoming of my feedback, despite how in my first attempt, I was learning how to give it. Um, it, it was a, a huge shock to me, but it's, it's, it almost allowed me to then be able to receive feedback from others and continue to give it because of the way that you responded to giving you feedback the beginning wow. of our relationship so yeah i'd actually never heard that story in that form or entirety before i i first yeah. of all like to apologize i still feel bad but but also i didn't realize i didn't realize just how much pressure you'd packed up into that moment um on my end i just received some really good feedback and i was like oh this is thank you for letting me know and yeah and i think the reality of it is what i realized once i delivered the feedback is it the pressure that I was feeling was more about how you were going to react. What I needed from you wasn't that monumental. There wasn't a huge miss. It was that I had fear around how you were going to respond. And that's what was causing me stress. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to move on to Frank. Let's do Frank. Sure. What story you got? So it was during our travels around the world. And, um, and at one point in time we were, we were in Singapore and we were actually, it was maybe like 30 minutes, 20 minutes before we were going to go and start one of these Seneca experiences. And we were sitting in a room having a conversation about making choices that we were like up until the very last few minutes before this event, we're sitting there going, what are we going to do about this one particular situation? And I noticed that Muhammad um, as we were talking in the conversation, he started to shut down a little bit and he became like very closed and very just like, yeah, whatever. No, like very quick to respond in very like one word, one syllable responses. And I, and, and you can feel the temperature of a room change when someone shuts down. And most of the time we're not brave enough to stand up and say, hey, can we address this? Can we move through this? When someone's shutting down, we kind of shove them to the side, ignore it, and move forward uh, and feel that sense of awkwardness, that sense of uncomfortability that happens as a result of it. And I struggle with giving you know, feedback in the moment or asking you know, for critical feedback. And so I felt that in this moment, at this time, I had to be the one to push 
and to give, you know, the fear of confrontation took control. And I felt like I was going to throw up. I was like, I'm going to die. This is the worst thing that's ever going to happen. But I was sitting there and I, and I remember myself with my laptop open, kind of trying to hide in my laptop as I saw him shut down, as I saw the room kind of grow quiet and no one's coming to a discussion, no one's coming to a, a consensus. And I knew that I had to close my laptop and actually speak up and give that feedback. Muhammad, I noticed that you just shut down. I think we need to talk about this. What's going on? Let's discuss it and let's move past it. And I was shaking while I was while I was giving this and I was telling him, hey, we can't shut down in this moment. We have to move forward. We have to make a decision. And what's interesting is pushing past that, that space, it creates this sense of relief for everyone in the space, not just yourself. You know, if it's just between two people, like Lydia mentioned, you build up this this mental image of something going disastrously wrong. But then when you are able to get past that, whatever that block is, and give the feedback that's necessary, it's almost euphoric. Because when the person receives the feedback in a way, you've released it and said, like, here it is, this is what I got for you. And it's up to them to receive it and engage with it. And in that moment, Muhammad appreciated the fact that someone stood up and said, hey, this isn't right. The way we're having this discussion isn't right. We need to move forward. So I think for me, that was one of the biggest revelations for practicing giving people feedback and critical feedback in the moment instead of waiting for days, weeks, or months to be able to deliver something to someone. Nice. Thank you. Maggie, what story you got? Um, the first one that comes to mind was actually about Chris and he's not here so we can talk about it. Um, yes. but, but as a project manager, which I'm sure Lydia can empathize with this, but specifically with your project leads, they are very stretched thin for the most part. They're usually on multiple projects. Um, and you're, you're having to vie for time, vie for attention, um, more often than not with specific people on your team. That's just a part of the game and a part of the job, um, which is is normal. And so Chris was a project lead on um, a project that I was on. It was an internal um, project. And I was having a tough time because the team was going through a really big transition period. I felt really lost and I was relatively new to the team. I, I wasn't the project manager from the beginning of the project I was put in there. And so I kept trying to schedule a one-on-one -on -one with Chris and he kept accepting. And then I think maybe two times he either can't, well, two or three times he either canceled or just didn't show up um, to a one-on-one. -on -one. And I was so upset, um, but mostly because, like I said, I would have understood the like, hey, I can't, I need to move it. Something came up. It was the accepting the meeting and I'm waiting in this meeting room for like 30 minutes <laughs> waiting for him Ooh, to show up and, and I've like texted him a couple times and he hadn't responded and so I was upset and I remember going to I'm pretty sure I went to Ashley who's another who's a senior project manager at the time and she she's a mentor to me and so I went to her and I, I was just really upset I was like I don't know what to do and she's like you need to tell him and I was like oh I don't know I'm not gonna do that <laughs> and she's like no you need you need to set up a meeting with him, tell him it's really important and tell him you have feedback for him and, and he'll come. And I was like, Ooh, okay. And I mean, like Chris, I mean, like uh, Frank and Lydia have said, it's really nerve wracking. And mostly for me, it was nerve wracking because it feels super vulnerable to be like, Hey, sitting in that meeting room waiting for you hurt my feelings. Like, <laughs> like that feels like that. I don't know. To me, that's very vulnerable. And especially like as a woman, I'm like, 
I don't want to get all like touchy feely on this conversation because uh, of the stereotypes that women have. And so I, I was really cautious. And um, so we, I went in, he came to the meeting and I just sat down I was, and I hemmed and hawed for a really long time. And I was like, so uh, set this meeting up, you know, uh, I think I did small talk first, like, how's your week been? You know, all that stuff. Um, and then finally, I just cut to the chase and said, um, you know, like when you I, I understand that you're busy. I know you're pulled in a lot of different directions, um, but when you don't let me know that you can't make it to a meeting and, and I think you're coming and you don't show up, it makes me feel like I'm not worth your time. And I didn't even know I felt that way until I said it out loud. And I was like, wow, okay, that, that's the root of the problem. He accepted it very well, explained like kind of where he was coming from too. I was able to see his perspective um, and empathize with some of the reasons behind um, the miscommunications and, and whatever, and, and we had a good conversation. But um, I think right after that, he was going out of town um, for a client um, meeting or, or conference or something. Um, he was gone for a week and a half or something like that. And in the day, first day he left, he had flowers sent to the office for me and said, you know, um, I think I, I still have the card, but the card said something like, of course you're worth my time. And that just like, first of all, he heard what I said and remembered what I said. Um, and second of all, like made an effort to show me that um, he cared and that he heard my feedback and, and wanted to, to do something about it. So it ended up being a really good experience, but I was definitely nervous. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's solid. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a clear theme here and I want to break that open a little bit because feedback is this for me personally um there I mean not personally sorry before I get into that there's two sides of feedback right there's giving feedback there's receiving feedback and it's interesting hearing your story all three of your stories centered around having to give crucial feedback and it sounds like and correct me if I'm wrong it sounds like that is like the, the 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 fear and the center of anxiety and kind of like the struggle um and it's funny because i personally i struggle way more with receiving feedback if someone says i have feedback for you i'm just like i'm i'm tense and like if like i think lydia's done this to me before she'll be like oh i set up a meeting tomorrow to give you some feedback i'm not sleeping that night like <laughs> Like, it doesn't matter what it like. It ends up just being like, oh, here's a, like, it's like a tiny little thing and it's not even negative. But I, I, I would message her like late night. I'd be like, Lydia, can we just talk right now? Because whatever <laughs> this is, it's growing in my mind. And whatever it is, I'm making a lot of assumptions already. And I'm really introspecting hard on myself on what I did wrong to you. over like, <laughs> like, So I get really in my head about, about feedback. Um, but so I want to break out, break apart these two halves, right? When it comes to feedback, I want to start with what you guys are centered on. What makes it so hard, like tangibly, to give others feedback? You guys touched on it in all your stories. Uh, Frank, can you kick us off? Like, what is what's so difficult? What's the hardest part about giving feedback? I mean, I'll say, Jeff, I I recognize that usually when Muhammad says like, "Hey, Frank, I've got some feedback for you," I'm like, "Well, I'm going to update my resume. I'm going to make sure that LinkedIn is like leaned in." I'm like, "I'm I'm I'm gone. I'm out. I'm out. Can you just tell me what it is right now?" But when it comes to when it comes to why it's so it's things that are that are holding us back from giving feedback, a lot of it comes from fear. I mean, that to me is is really the the reality. Um, the fear of the response from the other individual um, when you're when you're calling into question the capability of the person if they've let you down or done something in some way, like all of those things get inside of our heads, right? So you can also think about the people that you gave feedback to, including myself, were your 
direct report, like people that your bosses, right? Well, for me, it was our CEO. Um, for Lydia, it was your direct report. And for Maggie, it was VP. Like we're giving feedback upwards to people in our organization. And what happens if that limits our career capacity in some way, right? So I think that ultimately though, um, that fear of the, the fear of giving people feedback comes from not having a relationship, not having the trust with the other person. And then there's this lack of lack of courage as a result of it. All of those elements kind of fold in to making it incredibly challenging to actually give someone feedback. Lydia, anything you'd add to that from your experience? Yeah, I think sometimes for me, like you mentioned, as a project manager, it can be difficult seeing someone that may be in a different level of the organization, right? That for so much of my life, I've been taught or seen that certain people in a certain tier, they may communicate with someone else. But for me, like that example that I gave Jeff of going to you and saying, hey, you're you're my my boss in this situation, but you're not doing this right. Um, I think that can be more challenging. But I taking that first step again, I know we're talking about the giving it, but it opens a door for being able to receive it because as my as a leader, you modeled that for me. So you were able to show me that, hey, when you just when you step into this and do this, um, that it's a lot easier. But just removing that mindset that we're all just people and we're all for one another. And so that means that I can be open and honest with you in conversation because you are just another person who's imperfect, just like I am. Sure. So. And, and, and I can I can I can echo that. I'm sorry, Maggie. Uh, I can echo that lady. Just like I feel like although you and I aren't caught crossing paths every day in the current roles and, and work we're doing. I definitely feel that um, that story you shared from just a simple email way back um, has grown immensely just through additional, I mean, we've given each other a lot of feedback along the way. And it's just this relationship that I, I really, really value. And I think it starts from our, our kind of mutual understanding that feedback will be present in every space that we share. And I, I really, I really, echo that. I'm sorry, Maggie, I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. That's okay. Um, I was just going to, something that came to mind about giving feedback is, Lydia, I don't know if you experience this as a project manager, but a lot of times um, a stakeholder or a client will give um, feedback to you, the project manager, for someone else on the team. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can be really tricky navigating, okay, how do I package this feedback to then pass along and now it's second hand and you know within softways walls we really try to avoid that but um, you can't always control what a client is comfortable with or not comfortable with and so um it, it's it's always a, a kind of a dance of like okay do you need to be like direct and just like tell them exactly what the client said or should you package it in a certain way that has them receive it a little bit better you really have to think about it you can't just like offhandedly send them a, a chat because you need to think about who's receiving it and how they're going to take it and how they're going to perceive it because people people receive feedback differently. And so that that is always tricky to me, um, having to do the middleman feedback stuff. Mm -hmm. And to flip it over to receiving feedback, I think, because yeah. um, that's where my mind is always, when you say feedback, I'm assuming I'm getting it. And I think that 
there's, there's also a fear on that side as well. Like, I think there's a fear. And I think because both of these have this stigma of fear of giving and receiving, it's just this process that's tainted in, um, it just feels like even in our stories, these were like, some of them were like one-on-ones and sit downs and like, you got to look at each other and say right to your face. And it's just, it can be built up in concept as a very stressful confrontation. And I think that what I'd like to kind of move our conversation to now is how do we get, how do we change that? How do we make it so that it's not so much um, this construct of, of, of stress and fear? Um, you know, Frank, any ideas on where we start? Well, I mean, first of all, the way we're describing feedback is an event. Like it's, dropped on a calendar. It's something important that has to be done. And when you make it an event, you're making it something that comes with a high level of stress and anxiety and baggage. And so what is needed in order to to remove the event nature of feedback is building a culture of feedback Mm -hmm. inside of an organization. That's ultimately what will end up making it stick, uh, is having an opportunity for people like Jeff, you and I, for example, we have a very unique way of giving each other feedback. Some would say that we give each other too much feedback. It is it is real time every minute. Um, <laughs> but what's crazy about it is that we are brutally honest with each other. You will immediately call me out, sometimes in front of other people, which is Sorry. great. because I actually Sorry. really enjoy that um, because it holds me accountable. And at the same time, I'm willing to give you that same amount of feedback and we as a as a personal relationship have a culture of feedback personally right but then how do you ex- how do you expand that to an organization where all of us can kind of work within this culture of feedback so it doesn't feel like an event it feels like part of the journey that you have with another person part of the relationship that you have with another person expected as part of the way you work with each other that's really how to fix this problem of making feedback such a horrible thing. And also when we say the word feedback, we almost automatically tune to it being negative. We don't even consider the opposite is true, that the feedback could be positive, usually because we, you know, we don't phrase feedback in a positive sense as being feedback. Um, But we're afraid of it. It's like built into our DNA to be fearful of it. But if you can build a culture of feedback, then it's not, there's no fear. It's just part of, it's par for the course. Maggie or Lydia, do you guys agree? Do you guys have, what is, what, how does that look like in your teams or in your, your interactions? We'll um, go with Lydia. Okay, Maggie, go ahead. Go ahead, Maggie. I was going to say, Lydia, you should go. <laughs> <laughs> All you girl, producer, take it away. Oh gosh, okay. Um, so yes, I agree with that. I think uh, coming from a place that did not, previous jobs I've had didn't have cultures of feedback. Um, so coming here first felt very, very weird at first. And I, I will never forget the first time someone gave me feedback and it wasn't even a big deal. It was something super small. And I was like, Oh, this means I'm doing a terrible job. This means that everybody's talking about me behind my back. Um, and it's, it's this like internal monologue that just starts going, going on. But, but as you kind of, um, get used to like what Frank said, a culture of feedback, it it becomes something that you almost crave. um, And something that you realize if someone's giving you feedback, it means they actually are noticing you enough 
to provide that feedback in it in a way it's a compliment <laughs> because if someone didn't didn't care about how well you're doing or, or just didn't even notice you they wouldn't be able to give you any kind of feedback um and so that's kind of how i try to look at it um but also if you are in a culture that doesn't uh, that doesn't have a culture of feedback if you are currently in that position i would say like the, the best way to start is to ask people on your team or people above you for feedback start gathering your own feedback instead of i wouldn't say go around and start giving feedback to everybody yeah. on your team Agreed. <laughs> not that's not going to end well but i think that it would be very um i think it would be received well if you say hey what are this is what muhammad asks me every time we have a one-on-one -on -one is what should i keep doing what should i stop doing and what should i start doing and those are three really easy questions um to ask like anyone during a one-on-one -on -one to to find out how you're doing. Yeah, I think those are really good points. And from my story, the example at the beginning, despite my fear and anxiety about sharing that feedback with Jeff, from the yeah. day that I started, he had already given me permission. If you need to let me know what I'm doing wrong, like he welcomed that feedback from day one and really set an expectation or a culture around feedback that even though I had this fear inside of me, I already knew that it was welcomed. I already knew that he wanted it. And so his ability to, or his openness to receive it, gave me space to learn how to give it well. Um, and I think that's really valuable. In the culture of feedback, it's important to know you're not gonna do it right the first time. And there's not a right or a wrong way. Starting is the right way, right? Just trying and attempting. Um, and assuming good intent of whoever that you're communicating with, knowing that you have the best for the other person. Um, but I did want to touch a little bit about like how you can do that, if that's okay, because mm -hmm. I think that really helps in the culture. Um, since that time, when I gave Jeff feedback, I've learned how to package it a little bit better. And one of the biggest realizations for me was that I was going in and saying, these are all the places that you're missing. This is what's not going, is going well, as opposed to saying, this is what's happened now. So next time, this is how we can do it better together. And if you can kind of switch that communication style from this is what's wrong to this is how we can do better in the future, then it shows that you're really for the other person and you guys can walk in it. How do, how do we do this together, right? How can I support you in this? How can we work on our communication? It leads to a lot more a lot more points of open communication as opposed to looking back and trying to correct something that you can't change anymore. So I think that's really helpful and I've learned a lot in that area. Um, it's made me more comfortable in giving feedback and receiving it for sure. Yeah, and that's really, I'd say, I'd say that when it comes to, you know, when it comes to how we perceive feedback, we've talked about, the different types of people in our organization. And, you know, for me and Jeff, for instance, like we, we can wrap the feedback that we give each other. Um, it, it doesn't have to be wrapped at all. It can just be like direct. It can just be like, here you go. Um, here's the feedback. Cause I, cause Jeff knows me and I know him well enough to know what works and what resonates, but the way we approach feedback inside of our organization is that it's a gift. Right. So if we believe that feedback actually creates a benefit to you because you're able to learn and grow, if you're if you're using a growth mindset and you're like, thank you for that gift of feedback. But the problem is we wrap it in certain ways. And so if you're wrapping your feedback poorly when you're delivering it to someone, it's not going to be well received. Mm -hmm. But if you recognize that 
underneath that wrapping is, is the same gift of perspective. And that perspective is helping you become a better boss, a better leader, a better friend, a better mentor, a better colleague. Then feedback isn't so scary, right? And so when it comes to feedback being a gift, we have to understand that different people will experience unwrapping the gift in different ways. So that means that we have to be, we have to understand the people that we're presenting this feedback to. Um, and even when people are giving us feedback, we also have to understand that when they're talking about it, when they're telling us something, try to have empathy for how they feel. Because if, if we've all talked about how afraid we are of giving people feedback, imagine how someone is feeling across from you when they're giving you that feedback. How would they like for you to respond, you know? And so when you consider that both sides of the equation, you recognize the value of feedback being a gift of perspective, um, then it, it starts to make more sense as to why it's so vital for a, a healthy and inclusive culture. That's like our unofficial software motto, right? Mm -hmm. Feedback is a gift. Um, and it's something that's so hard to practice because again, when you have to give feedback, it still feels like sometimes a gut punch when you get it. Sometimes it feels nerve wracking when you have to give it. But but yeah, we, I personally, it's been very really life changing for me to truly practice looking at feedback as a gift. If, if you really care about someone and want them, it's not just about, hey, I need justice. Like I need you to know that you did wrong and you need to like, you need to like think about that and sit in a corner. I think for me, it's like, no, if I, if I really want the people around me to improve and grow, I would want someone to tell me, like, I don't want to be blindly going forward, doing what I do, thinking I'm doing a great job. I need that perspective of growth. And I think that's such a compelling way to center our culture of feedback around. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think one, one other thing, Jeff, sorry, um, is, and I don't want to go on too much of a tangent because we could go on a whole podcast about this topic, but sometimes the, the benefit of feedback is honestly just getting it off your chest um, to this person. And I'm thinking specifically of that instance with Chris, like there was nothing he could have done to change what happened in the past. And just the fact of me being able to tell him like that hurt my feelings helped us move on like that much quicker. Like I was harboring that and I was feeling resentful and unforgiveness. And as soon as I was able to just say it and allow him to apologize, it's like, all right, cool. Like I feel a million times better. Like, thanks for letting me get that, get that off my chest. Because I mean, some instances are different. Like you actually have to work through something and, and do something tactically, but things like that, where something happened in the past and it just kind of rubbed you the wrong way or hurt your feelings. Like better to just say, hey, that hurt my feelings because you will subconsciously or consciously hold on to that um, and it will cause problems in the future. Yeah, I, I think that. one of the biggest things I keep hearing in all of this is that relationships are key, right? So feedback is a tool that can be used to help develop and cultivate relationships and make them stronger. But if we're truly approaching one another in love, and a perspective of, I care about you and I'm for you, then feedback is the best way to go. That means you care about the person enough to be honest with them and open with them, um, that you can communicate to that, that to them. Because like I said, Jeff and I initially had this huge moment. We didn't have a strong relationship. We were getting to know one another. And I would say it accelerated our ability to relate and work together yes. because we both we both made a choice. It wasn't just me stepping out and saying, look, I have feedback to give you. It was his willingness to respond and say, 
let's talk about it. And y'all, Jeff actually called me while I was on that vacation and we talked for two hours and we got to know one another and we talked through the feedback and all of those things. And so it's cultivated a relationship for us that we wouldn't have had. And it has shown me that we have love for one another, right? That we care for one another as people and we truly believe and desire that the other person can continue to grow and be better. And I think that can be the most important thing. Yeah, and I think um, you, you're tying it perfectly back to love. I, I love what you're saying here. And obviously I, I reciprocate what you're saying about me personally, so I'm kind of blushing a little bit. But the, the reality is we're talking about business as well, right? So tying it back to love and business, um, you know, getting what I need to get done from a work perspective is so easy with the three of you and many others here. Because I know that if if I screw up, I'll be called out on it and it's okay. And if and if any of you screw up, I can just get it get it out in the open and move on. And that that love that you're talking about translates to, you know, business outcomes every time. Like we're not stuck in this kind of like either like a Maggie was saying, feelings or getting stuck in those um that 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 stress of that and we're not stuck in you know not moving forward in progress like in frank's story like a, a meeting stalling out we're able to move past these things that i think a lot of other you know you know it's very common for other people to have many many stories of just where without feedback actively being part of the culture you're losing daylight you're losing productive time days weeks months of teams you know, doing the wrong things, not getting to the ac outcomes they're looking for. And so that's where I wanted to tie, I want. I really wanted to tie that back to kind of why we're here talking about it, right? Love is a business strategy. Um, to me, when I think of love, it's come in the form of feedback. And I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about this right now. Like I'm thinking back to all the times I can really feel like I have a love for someone I work with. It can be traced back to these moments of feedback that we're able to give each other over time. So, um, I think that one of the things that we, we should do, um, I'm sorry for the listeners out there. If you're looking, if you're finding an interest in like this topic and really wanting to look deeper because feedback can be a very surface level topic as well. It can just be like, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm guilty of it as a leader saying I have, I'm open to feedback. I just give it to me, but then actually practicing it is a very different thing. Um, we actually will be holding, um, software we'll be holding a interactive workshop on feedback on September 10th. And so it's not a webinar. It's not a, you know, a one-sided thing. It's actually a very interactive, we're going to break into groups. I'll be there, Frank. I mean, a lot the, the podcast hosts will be there. We're going to engage and we're going to actually try and experiment with some ways to actually really open up about feedback. So I'm really excited about that. And we'll put in the show notes some details about that event for anyone interested. And um, I'd like to thank everybody for joining me today. It was a really, really heartwarming discussion. Uh, Frank, Maggie, Lydia, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk about feedback today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yep. thank you. Thanks, we post, Yep, we post new episodes every Tuesday uh, here at Love as a Business Strategy. If there's a topic that you'd like to cover or anything you want to give us feedback on, by the way, we love it. Um, let us know at softway.com slash labs, L-A-A-B-S. And if you liked anything you heard today, please leave a review, leave us that feedback. Um, also subscribe on Apple and Spotify. It means a lot to us. And with that, I will sign off and I'll see you all next week. Bye.